Is The Simpsons based on a true story and creepy, crawly, immortal creatures? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, this is Jason Carpenter back with another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. Hope you're having a great day. I'm having a great day. Oh, the things I do for you. The things I do for my friends. I just recorded an entire episode and it sucked. So I'm starting a whole new episode. I'm trashing one of the stories. One thing I've realized is that I bill this podcast as paranormal conspiracy and true crime. It is very, very depressing to talk about true crime in this type of podcast. I think, you know, I've done true crime stories and it involved like the the guy who thought the the meth addict who thought the car in front of him was a spaceship and and you know you can have funny true crime stories i just did a very depressing story about Stephen mcdaniel if you don't know who he is i'm going to include the links below it's a fascinating story what's the most fascinating part about it is is that he kills this young woman and the next day he's being interviewed by the media and he thinks he's gone away with it because he dumped her torso in the dumpster and the garbage crew had come and taken it away. So he's saying, oh yeah, we were best friends and I haven't seen her in a while and I'm really concerned. And as they're doing the interview, the police discover the torso in the dumpster. The, the garbage crew was late. He had planned it, so by the time that they noticed she was missing, the body would be in the dump. They'd have a really hard time finding it. The cops find the torso in the garbage can in the dumpster, and the reporter says, "So, do you think that's her? To- do you think that's her body in the garbage can?" And the- he just completely shuts down because now he realizes his quote-unquote master plan has failed. There's probably there that video is available on YouTube. I'll post the link. There's probably about three hours of his confession with the police. I'll post all those links. It's a very fascinating story because we kind of get to see his story break, and we kind of get to see it in real time. However, it's a hard. It was depressing, and as I was do as I was telling that story, I was getting depressed, and I'm thinking there's this hesitancy to my voice as I'm talking about it, and I'm thinking I'm spending way too much time on a subject that is incredibly depressing, and there's really no payoff. There was really no payoff to the story, so I think we're going to continue. I I love reading true crime, but I, th- you know, I think there's a time and a place and a content-wise for it. So if you're a fan of true crime, don't necessarily abandon the podcast now. I just need to, I like to find true crime that has some element of the paranormal or conspiracy or is funny or weird in, in a goofy way. You know, I was thinking about doing a story about a guy who smoked so much skunk weed, he chopped his penis off and stabbed his mom. It's really hard to crack a joke in a podcast like that. He did get his penis sewn back on. I mean, I guess the jokes are fairly easy, but I mean, the, the, and the mother lived as well. But, you know, I kind of got to find the right format for it. So I'm recording the episode all over again. Also, the Simpsons story was a little dark as well, but we're going to continue to do the Simpsons story. Now, I will throw this out for true crime. I love watching daytime court shows. I don't watch a lot of television. Generally, the only time my television doesn't even have an antenna hooked up on it right now. I have to say, the speed that I'm talking at right now, that original podcast, the original episode, oh my god. It was like watching a mummy walk down a hallway. It was very, very plodding. And it's like you're at the end of the hallway and you don't want the mummy to get you, but at the same time, you just kind of want something to happen. So, uh, that, yeah. Anyways, I love watching daytime court shows, and usually I only watch them when I'm homesick or at work. 
and it's not sometimes it's funny to kind of watch there's kind of a basic human drama involved in those shows it's kind of interesting to watch you know two people have this minor thing and it becomes this big issue and that you can tell the judge is like oh, i'd rather be adjudicating a you know a murder trial or something like that or anything other than these two losers but the thing i love most about watching court shows is there is always always standing behind the plaintiff or the defendant or if i'm lucky both there was always the most beautiful woman sitting back there. Now, a lot of these shows are shot in L.A., and I'm sure that if you're an up-and-coming actress or you just wanted to kill an afternoon, hey, let's go watch the People's Court. Let's go be in the audience of the People's Court. And they get, oh, so beautiful every single time. And it's like I'm watching the show, and I'm like, oh, wait, they're going to show that blonde again sitting behind the plaintiff? Oh, yep, there she is. Okay, now there was that really cute redhead sitting behind the defendant. Oh, yeah, I want to hear more of the defendant beautiful, beautiful women. This is the second day in a row where I've had to talk about beautiful women during the podcast. Maybe it'll be a theme for this week. Maybe this week. Maybe this will be the week of beautiful women. But anyways, that being said, oh, and also I remember once I was, um, when I was living in Sacramento, I got a phone call on my answer machine. It was a wrong number, but it was actually a phone call from the People's Court or a show like that. It was one of the, I think it was People's Court, but it could have been Judge Judy or something like that. And it was like, hey, so-and-so, the name was wrong. They said, so we saw that you have a small claims court. We see that you have a case in the small claims court. I'm a representative from, you know, this court show. We would like you and the defendant to come onto our court show. And what happens is that there's a $5,000 pot in the show. There's a $5,000 pot. If you win your case, like let's say I'm suing somebody for $2,000, I get $2,000 of that pot. And I don't think they get anything. That's how that works. And they may get like a smaller percentage of it or something like that. So basically it gives them a reason to go on because the defendant, they don't lose any money if they lose that case. The, the show pays for them. And that's why a lot of times you'll see people sue for the full amount of $5,000. And the judge will be like, oh, that's ridiculous. But usually there's a limit to it. But let's say I'm an auto mechanic and I've charged you $800 and you, I try to get you on my show. It's a win-win, for, really, for both of us because you're not losing any money at all if you're the defendant. And I think they do, they, they both get a, a, a chunk of it. But obviously it gives you, you want to win, one, to prove yourself right, and two, you get that money. And the defendant has a reason to go on because, you know, what do they have to lose? And they both end up looking like idiots on television. You wonder why people would go on this show and make themselves look completely like unreliable citizens, and that's why, because there, there's really there's no, they're not losing anything because of it. But I always thought that was interesting. So, is The Simpsons based on a true story? The answer may surprise you. Now, no, it's not. So that probably doesn't surprise you. It's even crazier than that. The Simpsons is not based on a true story. The Simpsons. The animated television show that's lasted 30 years, featuring Homer, Bart, Maggie, Marge, and Lisa, is actually a reality show. This is a theory that's popped up fairly recently as far as conspiracies go. And it popped up on a fictional board, a fictional website, where people were writing stories about Jeff the Killer or Slender Man or, you know, theories about Ed, Ed and Eddie. It's just that stupid cartoon and they're in a coma or whatever. So it's kind of like this theory board. It's kind of, they, 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 they take existing media and come up with a fictional story off of it. 
So you're thinking, Jason, why are you wasting my time on a conspiracy podcast talking about something that you yourself just said is on a fictional board? Well, hypothetical listener, here's why. Slenderman started off on a fictional board. The origin of Slenderman can be traced back to one individual on a particular board. I think it was something awful. It was a Photoshop contest. And then we have, six years later, two young women trying to kill a third woman to invoke Slenderman to take them to her mansion, take them to his mansion. So just because it starts off fictional doesn't mean that people always assume that it's fictional. Madness, madness is contagious. I think the person who wrote this probably intended it to be fictional, but it's popping up on conspiracy lists, and people are starting to look into it, and some people are starting to believe it. So what the theory is, and I know you're thinking, Jason, that's ridiculous. And it is ridiculous. But what the theory is, is that the story, so the, let me back up here. The story of the Simpsons at, at its core is a family, the, the, the Simpsons, and they live in Springfield and Homer works at a nuclear power plant. And in the first few seasons, Homer working at the, the, the nuclear power plant was a key component of the show. Now, in the later seasons, it's not such a big component, but early on, it was a big component and how incompetent he was at his job. And it was a joke, you know, you know, it's kind of like a stick at, you know, corporations and it was stick at greed and safety measures and nuclear power in general. But the, the, this theory puts forth that The Simpsons is an actual, is actual real footage of a town in America called Springfield, where there was an actual huge nuclear disaster, a huge meltdown of this nuclear power plant. And to cover it up, what the government did, they got Fox to do a tel- to send a camera crew out to the Simps- out to Springfield to record these people, to record these events, so they could completely cover it up. If anyone ever asked, hey, whatever happened to that town Springfield that had that nuclear power plant? They could go, oh... Yeah, no, that's a cartoon. What are you talking about? And people are like, no, no, I remember, you know, 80 miles away, there was a nuclear power plant. And they're like, no, 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 it's a cartoon. So, again, when I was talking about how to create a conspiracy, this has a few of those elements. One, it has time plus distance. It takes, you know, they're saying it's a city that's been wiped off the map. They're saying that the conspiracy started back in the 80s, which isn't that far back, but it's fairly far back. And it involves a group that we already don't trust, which is the government. So the idea is is that this town has this horrible nuclear meltdown. People turn yellow and start to mutate. And these film, this film crew from Fox shows up and begins recording them, begins editing the footage up to tell this story. This only includes the first few seasons, maybe the first four or five seasons of the show. It doesn't go on to include what's happening today. Because the theory is, is that, the, like, let's say, the fifth season is actually the first film crew, the first time the film crew got out there was recording these events. And then as we go farther back, so seasons four, three, and three, two, and one, and then the Tracy Ullman short films, the animation gets worse and worse and worse. And they're saying, no, it, it, the person who wrote this, it's not getting worse. Those are the people mutating down. That's why they're starting to look more and more ragged because the radiation is actually having an effect on their bodies until eventually they just, they don't look human at all. The reason why... They don't age in that time period of, you know, four seasons. And we'll extend it to six seasons, whatever it is, but it's in the beginning there. Is because the radiation, the meltdown of the plant also opened a, some sort of portal, some sort of time warp. That's why the kids don't get older. And the later seasons 
are animation. They're based on... So this real event happened, and then to help cover it up, and because Fox was making... They make like a billion dollars a year off The Simpsons. They begin animating later episodes, and somehow the characters have the same voices and, and whatnot. And I'm sure people could also say, oh, no, no, the later seasons are also part of reality. And then you go, well, then how are they having episodes of Lady Gaga in them? And they go, aha, it's because of the time warp. So it's kind of built in a way that they can keep excusing it. Now, the story that this theory is based on is kind of hard to read. I've actually read it three times, which is a lot for this podcast, if you haven't been able to tell. It's kind of hard to follow. And it's just, it's structurally, I don't think it's the, the most well-written thing. I think the idea is interesting. But it's, there's some key details left out of it. But anyway, so this this theory that all of this is a film crew out there and what we're watching when we watch The Simpsons is actually a reality show in any sort of dream sequence or Halloween specials or results, results of the warping of space-time. So, I mean, guys, there's a conspiracy theory about everything. Everything. If you can think of it, it exists. This one in particular started off as a... Well, you know, I guess some people could argue it didn't start off as fictional. It was a real story that was put on a fictional board to, again, assist in the cover-up. How many people believe that this is an actual conspiracy theory worldwide? I don't know, a hundred? Maybe? A thousand? But give it time, because people swear to God that Slender Man is real now, and they're usually younger. Stuff like that, but... You know, if you have any sort of gaps in your knowledge, it's very easy for someone to come in with a conspiracy theory and go, hey, here you go. And you go, ah, I don't know enough about it, so maybe it's true. But spoiler alert, Simpsons is not real. And, you know, just a quick note to end this up. I'm I'm still a fan of The Simpsons. I know a lot of people stop watching The Simpsons after Season 7 or Season 10 or whatever, like, whatever that is. I really enjoy The Simpsons. The only show that I watch religiously is The Walking Dead. I've seen every episode. I love that show. watch it every week when it's on. Simpsons I watch every couple months I catch a new episode but I've watched the older seasons up to probably season 20 I think I've seen every episode every episode big fan of that show big fan of that show it would be a little bit weird if it actually was true that it was all a real life but it's not so I'm not too worried about it now we're going to talk about how we're going to talk about how the internet fooled me because I can say, oh, these people are so stupid for believing The Simpsons is real. Not having enough information. So I got fooled today by the internet. I was on a website. And it started listing facts about spiders. And I was like, oh my god. These are the most amazing facts about spiders. I didn't know any of this was true. And this kind of shows how people take in information. The average person takes in information. I think everyone thinks they're smarter than they actually are. And I might have said it before on this podcast, but if you think you're smart, record yourself for 20 to 30 minutes a day and put it online and listen back to it a couple days later and you'll be like, I'm an idiot. Unless you're in a specialized field and you're doing a podcast about a specialized thing, you just talk randomly for 30 minutes and record it, you'll realize that you're not as smart as you thought you were. And now, you know, I do have to say this too. Like I said in the beginning of that rant, I don't know if I've said this before. You know what my biggest fear of this podcast is? Is that I'm going to do a, I'm going to do the same episode twice. That because I'm getting up there in age and I'm forgetting stuff, I'm afraid I'm either going to tell the same story twice or 50 episodes from now, I'm literally going to re-record the same episode. 
50 episodes from now, we'll be like, did you know The Simpsons is based on true life? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. That's my fear. I have notes that I've stuff I've talked about or stuff that I'm going to talk about, but I'm always like, sometimes I'll be sitting there. I'm like, did I already tell, did I already tell this story? Did I already tell this anecdote? So if that happens, call me out on it. Email me at deadrabbitradio at gmail.com. But man, that would be embarrassing. But again, doing a daily podcast, talking for 20, 30 minutes a day. I'm sure it happens. Most of the, most of the people who do this have editors and things like that. But what was I talking about? Oh, spider. So, I was reading these spider facts today, and because I don't have a broad knowledge of spiders, and you're going to be like, Jason, there's a thing called broad knowledge of spiders and, you know, fucking common sense. Like, there's, there is an issue there. Like, there's a difference. You, you, You may not know a lot about spiders either, but once I start reading these facts off, I think you'll be like, Jason, you're just an idiot who's probably easily fooled. And here's the thing. I'm easily fooled at first. And then I start looking into it, and I'm like, ah, that's not true. I was a little disappointed. So I'm going to read some spider facts to you that I read online. And then I was, like, opening all these bookmarks, and I was like, oh, i got to do more research on these spiders and these spiders. And then I looked into it, and I realized it was all nonsense. Some of these, some of these facts are true, but most of them aren't. Um, some spiders construct balloons to descend elevations and travel. True or false? Now, I know that's true because I saw Charlotte's Web when they flew away at the end. And it was so sad. They're like, bye. Bye, Wilbur. Bye. So sad. So I was like, okay. You know, that, that I know that's true. Um, it is said that most household spiders enter the home from not washing new clothing after purchase. Over 90% of clothing purchased at retail stores contain spider eggs laid during shipment. Hmm. Wasn't able to find any... Any verification of that. But again, you may be thinking, well, Jason, that's possible. I've heard that you can swallow 20 spiders in your lifetime. So maybe that's possible. Let's see. Here's another one. Okay. uh, Okay. So here's another one. Spiders can work flawlessly in a space vacuum. Maybe. Maybe. Now we're going to get into the ones that are just obviously not true. But I believed for a moment until I did some research. The largest spider in history was over eight feet long and weighed 530 pounds. Okay, that's, that's not true. But I did Google that. The, or- <laughs> the orange magma spider can resist heat up to 5,300 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, to be fair, that's not, that's not true either. But to be fair, that one fooled me because I didn't finish reading the sentence. I just read. This is what I read in my brain. Orange magma spider can resist heat. And then I just moved on to the next fact. So, to be fair, if I had read 5,300 degrees Fahrenheit, I would have said, okay, that's not true. So, But again, it just goes to show, I was just half-reading information because I was so excited about what I was looking at. If the... If the... This was the one I was like, really? If the hardjack spider wanted to... If the hardjack spider wanted to, it could produce enough silk to suffocate Young animals and even human babies. And I was like, oh, copy and paste Harjack Spider into Google. I don't know why I believe that for a second. A spider shooting, a spider shooting 
its webbing has the same amount of force as a nuclear bomb, but it's never in an area of fissionable material. That's why they don't cause nuclear reactions. So this web, this is where I realized that I was being trolled. Now, this information I saw on, uh, around, you know, these facts, they were appearing all over the internet. And all the sources were kind of referring to each other. The, all of the sources says, you know, the hardjack spider can, can suffocate a baby. And then I would try to research that and it would send me to another website that had that exact same sentence. They're all kind of referencing each other. And so I went to this one, which is just basically spider facts and myths. And this is when I realized I was being trolled. This was when I was like, this is completely made up. This is when I was like, dang it, Jason, you got you spent 20 minutes trying to find spider info. And you didn't read this out. The bajillion, <laughs> the bajillion spider is unique because each single spider is actually recursively composed of thousands of tiny spiders that form a social group functioning as one. And that's when I was like, dang it, that's not true. And then I scrolled up just slightly on the page that I was looking at, and it says the following statements made about spiders are not confirmed facts, but have been passed around the web. We're leaving it up to you to decide if they are facts or myths. In any case, they sure are fun to read. Obviously fake. There's one that spiders, instead of biting you, biting insects to drain them of blood, they bring they bite them and bring the insects back to life and then they drain them of blood so they can like eat the desiccated remains. And even that I was like, really? Whoa, that's amazing. How did I not know that before? I didn't know that before because it's fake. It's easy to get fooled and it's easy to get fooled if you want to be fooled. I like learning crazy facts. Easy to be fooled. So you know, again, I started to get suspicious when all of the websites were kind of linking to each other. But a lot of the websites that I was looking at were like, nope, these are spider facts. This one is actually like, these get passed around as facts. And what was really driving me nuts was I couldn't, once I realized that I'm like, I'm like I think I'm getting trolled. I couldn't find any actual website that says these these spider facts are false. This is as close as I could get where they're like, ah, it may. Now, they did have some interesting actual spider facts on that, saying that... um you're never more than 10 feet from a spider. You know, they're saying that that's technically not true. That you do, that whether or not you swallow spiders in their sleep, they said they've never, there's no proof of that. Spiders generally avoid humans, things like that. And they're also saying spiders can enter your home through sinks and drains. They said that's, uh, um, that doesn't, that's not possible through the way that drains are made nowadays and so on and so forth. So it's a, it's a good sight as long as you have some sort of common sense. But... One more interesting spider fact is that and this is from National Geographic, so don't don't be calling it fake news. This is this is, and I found this while I was researching this. I was trying to find out research about the spider that bites animals, brings them back to life, and eats them again. Come on, dude! I'm honestly starting to think that that encyclopedia set that gave me all those fake facts when I was a kid. I think I think it may have brain damaged me. But anyway, so I was trying to find a spider that bites animals, brings them back to life to eat them again. So I typed in, like, spider bite resurrection. I actually found this article on National Geographic News. Post the link. And the headline, Spider Resurrections, takes scientists by surprise. And I was like, yes, proof. It's not proof of that, but it's actually proof of something even more fascinating. These scientists wanted to figure out why certain spiders can live underwater and other spiders can't. So they took took a bunch of different types of spiders, different types of species. And there's like sea spiders and stuff like that. But these are actual like 
land spiders. So they took some forest wolf spiders. They took some spiders from that live in uh, saltwater marshes, and they drowned them. They took two species of saltwater marsh spiders and a forest wolf spider, and they drowned them. They wanted to see how long it would take for them to drown. And you're like, that's fairly cruel, but, you know, science. Took the forest, the forest spider, took 24 hours for it to drown. They put it in water, and after 24 hours, it died. Don't worry, this story has a happy ending. Unless you hate spiders, then it doesn't. The two salt salt marsh spiders, one of them took 28 hours to die, and the other one took 36 hours to die. And the question was, is how did these spiders evolve so some of them just can live under the rainwater for the whole day, and then they climb out, but a wolf spider, or even more than a day, but the wolf spider has to stay like in trees and on top of bushes and stuff like that. So anyways, they did the experiment, and they said, okay, we're going to take them out, and we're going to dry them out, and we're going to weigh them. And see, you know, how their body chemistry changed. And then about a couple hours later, the spiders were back alive. All spiders are running around. And they're like, what is going on here? These are the spiders who drowned, right? And then Jerry's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. These I don't bring spiders in from home. These are the spiders that we drowned. Lucas, that's the name of the other scientist. So I made those names up. But anyways, actually, one of them is named Julian. So it's kind of like, well, anyway, anyways, the point is, is that they couldn't figure it out. And so what the theory is now is that they go into a coma. A spider eventually, if you're underwater for like 18, 20 hours, the wolf spider's like, oh, man, if I don't get out of here in like four more hours, I'm dead. I'm just going to go into a coma. And then he basically shuts down all of his body systems and curls up and looks like he's dead. And then you reach in, you take him out, you dry him out, and he's like, oh, oh, yawning. He gets back up, starts walking around, you know. And the scientists were like, we didn't expect that at all. Like, we thought the experiment, the, the experiment part of it was done. We were just doing the test, like the measuring at that point. Now, here's what's weird. So they didn't understand that. They didn't know it was possible. And now they know that spiders, some spiders can go into a coma. And they're saying, and it, it's funny, too, because, you know, like when you're going to the bathroom, I don't know if women notice it, but when a dude's peeing, there's like a spider in his toilet bowl or a toilet bowl. I always feel bad. I'm like, get out of there, spider, get out of there. But I got to pee and I got to flush, dude. And the spider's like just hanging out. And I'm like, dude, sorry, bro. I flushed the toilet. Or even more common, it's like you'll be in the shower and you'll see like a spider like walking across the bat. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry, man. But I, I gotta, you know, I gotta take a shower and he just gets washed down the drain. I always feel bad because, you know, it's just a little Tuesday morning for that guy. He's just getting a stretch in, looking for a fly to eat. The next thing you know, he's like just getting sucked into a drain. Well, apparently, that's nothing to him. That's just a normal Tuesday morning. He's just like, wee! Goes into the river, you know, dries himself out. Crawls into your mouth while you're sleeping. Not my mouth, your mouth, because he's out of my house. I wonder how long they live in your stomach. I wonder if a spider, I mean, if they can, yeah, if they can, like, live in your esophagus for a while. It's just like a daddy long leg just chilling in there. I mean, I'm sure once it hits stomach acid, it's over with, but, like, they can hang on to the inside of your stomach lining. But anyways, that's nightmare fuel. I don't have a problem with spiders, really. But anyways, the of course, the article has to end with a dun-dun-dun moment. Because the scientist is talking about this, and they're saying that the spiders can shut this off. It was something they didn't expect. And then the doctor, the lead researcher, Julian, French last name, said, there could be many other species that could do this that we do not know of yet. Creepy. 
Now, I don't know if he meant species of spiders. Probably, because that's the context of the article. But maybe there's wolves out there. Maybe if you drowned a wolf and it's just like all cold and matted and you're like, took care of that wolf. I could have shot him, but no, I just decided to hold him underwater for 20 minutes. And then you leave him there. You're like, I'll bury him tomorrow. And he just strains his bones and comes after you. I'm sure he meant spiders. But it is amazing to think, like, what if there are other animals out there that were like, that black bear fell in the river and he got washed away. He's dead. And he's really just in a coma and he's just thinking of revenge the whole time. And then while you're sleeping, he crawls into your mouth. Well, everyone, that's going to be tonight's episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm really glad I re-recorded it because that last episode was so depressing. I'm going to have all the links for the previous story uh, about the true crime story and the Simpsons story and all these stupid spider facts that I actually got fooled into believing. But I had fun recording this episode. I hope you had as much fun listening to it. That's going to be it. Um, We're going to have another episode tomorrow. What nonsense I'm going to be talking about then. I don't have much of an idea, a little bit of an outline. It may be an episode I already recorded. I don't know. I think now that I've put that out into the universe, I probably will end up retelling a story once or twice or even more. But you can hit me up at deadrabbit.com. That's actually our website, deadrabbitradio at gmail.com. If you want to email me, you can hit me up on Twitter at Jason O. Carpenter, at Jason O. Carpenter on Twitter. We have our YouTube channel, Dead Rabbit Radio. If you haven't checked that out already, you can check it out. It's pretty much the same thing. It's actually the episodes. I've clipped out some stuff and made little mini episodes of some, some of the more popular stories, like Michigan Blue Hell. But if you just want to listen to me on YouTube, that'd be great too. Subscribe, like, ring the bell. If you're listening to this on the podcast, thank you so much. Checking the downloads out all the time really makes my day whenever a new episode is downloaded. Even just one download, I'm always checking. I'm like, yes, someone else is listening to my my rantings and my ravings and my idiocies. And I'm having fun doing it. And like I said, I hope you're having fun listening to it. I'm rambling now because I'm an old man. Have a great night. I will see you tomorrow. (laughs) 